1928, there wasn't much for kids to do. No on-demand cartoons, no internet, no Fortnite. It was just tiddlywinks and the old hoop and stick. But this was America in the roaring 20s, and change was afoot. Walt Disney and Ub Iwerks got together to create Steamboat Willie, the first truly functioning example of a cartoon with sound. It was an instant sensation, and not just because of all the animal torture. Seven minutes of musical silliness led to everything from the Mickey Mouse Club to reruns of the Cheetah Girls on Disney+. Plus. So every time your kids ask to watch Frozen again, give thanks to Steamboat Willie. We've both been subjected to repeat trips to Disney World with small children, and we wanted to know where all the fun began. So pour some blended scotch, Walt's favorite tipple, and join us for episode 37 of Toasting the Classics, Steamboat Willie. Toasting the Classics, Dave MacArthur. Clint Lanier. This is the uh, show where we take something that someone has called a classic. Haha, how about that? You stopped in the middle. <laughs> You're going for pithy. I had to brag. <sighs> and then we dissect it, look at it, lick it, touch it, feel it. I don't Rub like it. these verbs. I do not like these verbs. And then we decide whether that thing's a classic or not. Right. And we drink a drink related to that classic. We do Talk drink. about the drink. Or drink a couple drink. of drinks. Yep. Sometimes we do two shows back to back and the drinking gets a little more, we, we get a little more frisky. We, we get more frisky in the hour two. Hopefully this will be the frisky. And I don't mean the cat food. <laughs> two of us locked into a little room together. That's right. Being frisky. That's right. Ugh. The way you put that, that does not Well, you're the good. one that suggested the frisky part. I meant in sort of a generalized... Anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, bon thank you for for, uh, for joining us on yet another episode. Today we are going to... We're going for the record here. Dissect, talk about... That's right. Uh, we're going to vivisect massage. Mickey Mouse himself. Ew. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk he about... He actually gets kind of torn apart. Steamboat Willie. In uh, Steamboat Willie. But yes, this is we're going for the record here. This is a, This is seven minutes of content. And we are going to be inflating <laughs> we are that times that 10. <laughs> we are pushing that we'll out. Talk That's about right. it for uh, a full hour. A full so hour. I'm going to start off by saying, have you ever seen uh, Saving Private Ryan? I have, yes. Okay. Yes. Famous scene in there. I know which scene you're talking about. I am not aware. I didn't. That's not like the, mo the most famous scene to me is like D-Day, like everybody no, no, no. getting blown well, up at D-Day. The scene where they're making the uh, German dig what, what everybody thinks is going to be his own grave. Right. And uh, he's, he's uh, trying to trying to convince him that he loves America. Right. And he's all, Steamboat Willie, toot toot. <laughs> like that. And then yeah. Upham's like, ah, Steamboat Willie. And I, I can't think of Steamboat Willie without going, Steamboat Willie, yeah. toot toot. That's funny. So no, anyway. I, I, read a, I read that that was in there. I haven't seen that movie since I saw it in the theater, though. Really? I don't, I don't remember that one you very well. You only saw it that one time? Just the one time, yeah. That's a little too intense. for the. It's like really? I've never seen Schindler's I, List. I watch that all the time. Yeah. yeah. Day my baby was born, I watched Saving Private Saving, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I played Civilization on my iPad while waiting. <laughs> it was like 12 hours in the Maybe I room. didn't watch it that time. But, you know, I've, Steamboat Willie is, is the name. So uh, tell us about Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie is not the first appearance of no. Mickey Mouse. Number it three. is not the first talking cartoon. No. But it is the most prominent early example of It's both not of the first things. talking cartoon. No, there were several others going back as far as 1924, actually, the first time somebody tried to synchronize sound with a cartoon. Um, they just got it right. With Steamboat Willie. I see. Uh, it, it just worked really well. It was in front of a pretty big picture. D Disney had a little bit of a profile before this, mm. uh, but they got the technology right to sync up the two things, and it just was a huge hit. It was just kind of the, the best example of it that had been done. Other people right. had tried it. And there had been other cartoons starring Mickey Mouse, and they were not very successful either. Uh, I think Mickey and Minnie appear before this. Only two before. Two before right. this, yeah. Plain Crazy, and yeah. I can't remember what the other one was. But yeah. one is one is basically Mickey Mouse being Charles Lindbergh. Yes. And, like, flying around. Right. And, like, and that's how long ago this was, that that's, like, when Charles Lindbergh that was crazy? big. Like, that's, yeah. It's so strange. This is, that, this is 33, right? This is 28. Oh, 28. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Uh, got to England in 31. But, yeah, the the, the American release. First, first time it was uh, on the screen was 1928, November 1928 in mm. New York. I don't remember the name of the theater. Uh, but it's one big, one of those big famous theaters with a canopy. And so I, I love that kind of thing. Yeah. Any of those that still exist. There's a really crummy one downtown here. <laughs> and I love going there. A crummy one? I love going just the fact that it has a stage and you yeah. feel like you're going. It's like a show. Like I just, no, I've, I've I, I'm, been, a, I'm a sucker I've been to a few so. of those. The, the biggest one I've ever been to is um, there's one in uh, San Francisco called the Castro, which is Oh, it's huge. In there, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's giant curtains. It's got a pipe organ and everything. It, it's we, amazing. My wife yeah. and I were in San Francisco for the World Series, uh -huh. and the Giants were in the World Series. Yeah. Game seven of the World Series, and I was like, oh, you know, like, San Francisco actually gets really ugly when the Giants win. Like, people set fire to cars and stuff right. like that. And I was like, but I do want to go out. 
and we were like, where could we go in San Francisco? Castro District. That would be that would be like everybody will totally be San Francisco, yeah. you know, like yeah. you cool. know, raw yeah. raw, yeah. but not necessarily something. We went to the Castro. It was yeah. the best choice. We yeah. watched Game Seven That's of the really World smart, Series. Really smart, really smart. Shoulder choice. to shoulder in a gay bar in the yeah. Castro. Super smart. And then everybody choice. went out and like threw toilet paper in the air and had yeah. a fun party. Yay. Nobody got killed. Nobody yeah. got hurt. But it was exactly <laughs> right. what you want on a winning the World yeah. Series. It was a really good time. So that's, yeah, was, that's really and, smart. And we were right next to the big sign for the Castro movie theater. So yeah, the, so the movie theater is fantastic. I saw Rear Window, Hitchcock's, okay. yeah. and what was cool is they had a pipe organ in there, and a huge pipe organ. Oh, and I don't think like, I've ever been to a theater like that actually had an organ. Stage level cool. pipe organ, right? And so the guy's just playing. There's people walking in, sitting down, and stuff. And then as they're about to start the movie, the curtains start opening, and the pipe organist starts playing the Alfred Hitchcock theme. And as he starts sinking down into the pit, yeah, it was so cool. And yeah. so he sinks down. Yeah, curtains open, huge black curtains open. I mean, just this giant, enormous theater. Yeah, and uh, I like just any kind of like, like pageantry that can go along with a film. Yeah, I love amazing. that. That's great. That's, well, that's, that's what good you, stuff. That's what you used to pay for. Now and then it became yeah. People used to like dress up in dinner jackets yeah. and stuff to go to the theater. Yeah. Nowadays it's like you know people in Crocs. Now they dress like they're going on a flight somewhere. <laughs> yes, well, people used to dress up for flights. Exactly, yeah. that's my point. People used to dress up for everything right. where they would be seen in public. Yeah, it's just so. Steamboat Willie came out in nineteen twenty eight. Nineteen twenty eight. Yep. Um, what is the? Can you summarize the plot in less than seven minutes? Yeah, well, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it frame <laughs> by frame. This is okay. going to take 18, 18 words per second uh, that I'm going to know. Um, or is it 26? I think it's 26. More like 26. Essentially, this is just Mickey Mouse as a guy that works as, like, second mate or first mate, I guess, on a steamboat. Right. And he's kind of a goofy guy and Apparently takes, over the, takes over the wheel. Well, we don't know that. No, we don't. The other guy might have been Willie. The, the yeah, guy, that's this, a good point. Who, who I actually pictured as being Peg Leg Pete. I think it and was. And when I watched the cartoon, I, I was like, it, was, it might be an early version of Peg Leg Pete, but I was I picturing, like, Peg Leg Pete. Pete the, the way Cat, he, right? Pete he the might cat. be Pete the Cat. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. But yeah. I pictured him. I thought I remembered seeing Steamboat Willie as a kid, and it was and it was just Peg Leg Pete the way I remember I him, think but. Pete is kind of the foil for a lot of these. He's a big, yeah. he's a big cat, right? And they're mice. Yeah. I can never tell what the other creatures and, are. And it's not like, like he's a big bully. He's the, he is. They're the right dimensions for what they are. Yeah. You know, pretty much. So he's a cat. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. He's a big cat. Well, anyway, so Mickey's working on the on the steamboat, takes over the wheel, gets in trouble for doing that, mm-hmm. um, sent back to do his normal chores. They stop to pick up some farm, you know, <laughs> animals, paraphernalia yeah, and animals, yeah. and and uh, that's where we meet Minnie. It's not first appearance of Minnie. She's also in Plain Crazy. That's where they they haven't met each other before, obviously mm-hmm. in the universe. Right. This is the first encounter of this version of Mickey and this right. version of Minnie. They're not dating. They have no nephews together. Not yet. Okay. And then um, hijinks ensue. Uh, there's a really long musical sequence. Well, hijinks are basically Mickey Mouse. A goat eats. Abuses animals. His sheet music. <laughs> yes, he abuses a lot of animals. He but a goat, animals. a goat eats his sheet music, and then Minnie cranks the goat's tail, which no. turns it into a music box. Well, he, he eats the ukulele, too. Right. So now he has a musical instrument in his stomach plus the, plus sheet, the music. sheet music. Right. So they start cranking. Which they put, tail. You see the sheet music on the ground, and it says um, "Turkey in the Straw." Yeah. And I was like, "What the hell? What's that?" <laughs> and then they start playing the song, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I, didn't I, know, know I, it, know that. I didn't yeah. know what that's called. So that's when I was trying to think of what the words to it were. Right. I remember this old commercial for like Pine Sol or something. Do you remember what I'm talking about? I uh, know. It was like um, <laughs> it said. It was like, "Now the dirt is finished, but the finish is fine." That's like. What I would that's what I was singing along. It got stuck in my head afterwards. And I wow. kept singing whatever the pine saw or spick and span that, or something like that. But that's what I remembered is that commercial from when I was like four or something. And I guess that's turkey and right. the straw. We need a drink. This might be less than an hour, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, we can talk for an hour. We can talk for an hour about anything. I'll just tell you real quick. Uh, Walt Disney's favorite uh, drink was scotch. So okay. we're having scotch again. All right. You know. do not need to twist our arms to get it. That, that's plenty for this time of day. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm going to crawl home. So you don't don't have to twist our arms to get us to drink scotch, I don't no, think. So. We'll his, his favorite uh, meal was actually uh, canned chili, but we won't do that. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I, yeah. I saw that because he would just eat. There'd be like a big Hollywood party, and he'd go eat canned chili. <laughs> yeah, canned chili yeah. beans. It's like, okay. He grew up hard. He grew up very hard. But I think everybody did in those days. But you know like, what? That that kind of like, if you if you look at it, so they're in the Depression, right? Mm-hmm. Middle of the Depression, 1928. No, mm-hmm. actually, no. 28, they're still in the swing of 20s. Yeah, it's still the 20s. But a lot of, you know, I mean, he got successful during the Depression. Um, 
So 33, what happened in 33? Was it um, the first color? 33 movie, might or? be the first Silly Symphonies. Might be Three Little Pigs. Maybe, yeah, maybe Three Little I Pigs. I think that might be um, when they really When did Snow White come out? Snow White is, um, yeah, or like 39? 38, yeah. something like that. It's, it's um, but just I mean, before he, the war. He was, you know, everybody else was starving. He was making a ton of money during the Depression, but it was it was that kind of stuff. So so you see this humble little, little mouse that works a blue-collar job True. type of thing. Um, but people would be familiar with farm paraphernalia, as you put it, right? <laughs> Working on a farm and I stuff guess. like that, you know? I mean, I mean my you could fool me. I mean, yeah, for all I know, they did used to winch cows onto steamboats. For, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I, don't I don't know, know right? What, what, you know. <laughs> How about, Why? Did, did they used going? to Did they used to pick up pigs, turn them upside down, use their, their udders as keys to make the pigs make yeah, different Yeah, and pick sounds? up one of the piglets and, like, punt it. <laughs> pick up a pig and, and punt it to get it out of the way. Of pull, their tails, pull their tails to make different yeah. sounds. Can you yeah. imagine? Can you imagine yeah. a cartoon character doing something like that? I was, yeah. I was watching and I was like, what? So this is only seven minutes long, and I was like, I guarantee something is getting this canceled in seven <laughs> minutes. And it P- was like... The, P- the, Peter would, wouldn't have been down with this no cartoon no i don't think so but at least there was, there was nothing racist right they did get through seven minutes without hitting any racism that i noticed at least well god for there's, all there's, i know there was some anti-irish we, metaphor we can, with we peg can, leg yeah Pete, i was gonna say we can we like, can look we can look hard enough yeah, and find probably. something you know so um there was a tobacco warning though yeah i didn't see that you but i saw the, that he was chewing on tobacco yeah, he, so i was like was, okay that's but here's the thing it's chaw right yeah. so chaw is this big bar literally of tobacco that you would you break off, you'd chew, you'd spit. What kid in the freaking entire world right now would know what that is? You they would think Sandlot? It, they would think it, yes, but they would think it's a it, it's a chocolate bar. I guarantee if yes. you show that movie to yes. my kids. They'd be like, why do you eating? spit his chocolate yeah. out? Oh, he's, he's eating chocolate. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Nobody true. would know what that no, is. No, no, no. Right? No, Alex would know because he's seen Sandlot right. a million well, times. But that's got that bit where the kids get sick from uh, chewing on the... Which actually is a good... Good thing to show. It's right? a good lesson, yeah. yeah. Although, honestly, do you need that? Who would ever think of chewing tobacco? I, I just, I remember the first time I ever saw, one of my buddies went off and joined the Army. Yeah. And apparently if you're in the infantry, you just chew tobacco. And he came back chewing tobacco. I was like, what in the, have you ever possessed? Have you? you ever chewed tobacco? No. I was like, why I tried, would I? I tried it once. I tried betel nut one time, which is kind of similar, but. Ugh. I tried chewing tobacco once, got me high as could be. I really? Mean, oh, man. Dizzy. Floating, and then I probably not in a good way. Puked, yeah. yeah I okay. threw up all over the place. But I mean, that's funny. It is. It's a. <laughs> it's it, you can feel it. I mean, Definitely frankly, I, I never understood smoking either. I, I was never smoke is the same thing. No one ever yeah. explained to me what the draw was supposed to be. I was like, "What are you doing? Can't get a do? draw." Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Did you plan unintentional? Oh, okay. Unintentional. You talk as much as I do. Eventually, you hit upon a pun every now and then. That's a good point. You do talk a lot. I do. I do. Sometimes I edit the show and I'm like, "Wait, is Clint is Clint ever talking?" I skip, I skip ahead 20, 20 minutes. I'm like, "There's me again." For Ten minutes. There's me. I'm Don't like, edit this out. Yeah, this no, is gold. Leave this in. Yeah, yeah this, this is, is gold. This is gold. Yeah. Well, everybody knows. They already know from listening to the show. Anyway, so Mickey Mouse had a lot of animal cruelty humor. Definitely. But I think, but I think it's a different time. I mean, like you know, uh, Walt Disney grew up on a farm. Mm, I think a, a lot of people at the time, especially in L.A. I mean, L.A. was a migrant town, meaning people migrated there, right? Yeah. Um, not that it was just filled with migrants. Right. And, and, well, right. Yeah, and, they were. Well, they were, right. Like the Okies. Although that's in the 30s, I guess, more. Well, not too far away. I think people were going there in the 20s. I mean, he went there, you know. Yeah, he did. Uh, and, and, and the weird thing was, as I was reading about it, he wanted to go to California to start working on animation mm-hmm. and was able to go stay with an uncle. So he had an right. uncle who was already there. He had there. a very wealthy uncle. Yeah, yeah, so I think people were moving from the Midwest into California right. by the turn of the century. Well, the prompt was his brother. See, Roy um, had um, a consumption. Oh, and, okay. and so he had to go out to to California because he, he had to go to a drier climate. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think they were in Oklahoma City at the time. Uh, they, like they were. He uh, Walt was Maybe born in Chicago. The move to this little town, Marceline, Marceline Missouri. Yeah, and then, and then they went to Kansas. Um, Kansas City? Yeah, Kansas yeah. City. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So Roy went to L.A. to get out of the, the weather and uh, get into a drier climate and stuff. And so yeah. Walt... He and Roy, uh, Walt and Roy were very close. Right. And, uh, well, I mean, that was his partner. Um, so he went out there and, and uh, tried to make his fame and fortune mm-hmm. after failing, um, really, in, in uh, Kansas City. I mean, failing yeah. failing in terms of business success. I mean, 
there's a there's a fantastic book out, and I, I encourage everybody to read it. And it's called Walt Disney Imagineer Extraordinaire or something like that. I don't know. I have no idea. No, I'm not familiar it's with this not book. That, it, it's not the it's Dream a, House. So it's called Walt Disney: The Triumph of the American Imagination. Okay, so uh, it did have the word imagination by Neil. Gambler, Grabbler, something like that, not DeGrasse Tyson. Okay. And uh, it's a fantastic biography of about him, but it's just a good American kind of entrepreneurial yeah, story. I mean, the guy failed at everything he did, Yeah, you know, but he never failed himself, if that makes sense. Like, he never thought, I'll never do this, I'm a failure, whatever. He just said, uh, this is what I want to do. I want to be an animator. I want to create this animated, an animation studio. Got fired from every place. Businesses failed, but he just kept doing it yeah. and broke through, you know? Yeah, there's, um, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about how whenever there's something new, like the, re- the, the people that really make a big buck, right? The people mm-hmm. that really make it big are usually like first movers in mm-hmm. something, right? Or right. not necessarily the first mover, but the first one to move right, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. like I said about Steamboat Willie, it's not the first cartoon to have sound, but it was the first one that nailed it. Yeah. It was going on for a couple of years. Somebody was going to do this, and this one was the best done. And so right. it just it, this made Disney. Yeah, this, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. This this cartoon, as small as it is, was a huge big deal. Yes, and was like electrical. Like people right. were like, "Wow!" Like you can watch a cartoon and well, it's got sound. What and, What do you, you know. mean by explain what What you mean by nailed it? I think I know what you mean, but well, it got the timing right. Exactly. The animation looks good. So just that, that but it, it gets a lot of the other things right too. I mean, the drawing of Mickey Mouse is still pretty good. Yeah, it's not that different from what he looks like today. He's right. recognizably Mickey Mouse, and um, he's a parody of Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, you know totally. That? I didn't really pick up on that before. Totally, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but with the time, he's got one where he's a parody of Charles Lindbergh and another one where he's a parody of, of uh, Charlie, Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin yeah. So, I mean, he's just tramp, like a product yeah. of the 20s and yeah, everything's going on in America in the 20s. But the and time, I think the, you just the, put the, all those things together and the technical success. And right. it's like Amazon wasn't the first company, I'm sure, to think of selling books on the Internet. Right. But they did it right. Mm-hmm. You know, they did a good job of it and people gravitated towards it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it even had the right look on the website or the right mm-hmm. name for the company or something right. like that. It's the little things but it's got to be you got to be one of the first people to get into something. Yeah. Like I'm not going to break into e-commerce especially for books today. Right. That's that niche has already been carved out, you know. Yeah, I don't know um, if it's if it's being the first cuz what I always tell the, my kids is you have to be you have to be different. Yeah. Like people can be doing it, but you have to be somebody that does it different. So Walt Disney cuz there were, there were other animators out there like um, Felix the Cat was huge, Betty Boop was huge. Yeah, um, those are already established characters. Much I was bi- thinking about that. I don't know the timing on those, but pretty they, sure that would have had to have been after Steve. No, Bill those, those no, those were in the twenties. Those were in the okay. tw- early twenties. Well, you couldn't have had sound. I mean, they had like the piano player at the at the yeah. theater and stuff like that. Yeah. But as far as recognizable characters, much more than than uh, anything Walt Disney did. And then um, Felix the Cat is like just about the first thing ever to be on TV, right? Am I remembering that right? Felix the Cat was, I think, one of the first animated things ever. He did it, and he did it differently, just like you said. Like he nailed sound when you said the timing was right what what you mean is like when there'd be like a when i say timing i mean the timing of the music to the cartoon like right that that right. Timing, like yeah. something something opens its mouth and the sound comes out of its mouth when it when it uh, opens its mouth right yeah yeah so felix came out in the 20s yeah right. and um he basically he was kind of like all the other guys like valentino when they got sound in cartoons right. felix pretty much died but away, betty yeah. boops not till 1930 oh really she's after oh, after but because I'm thinking she's like, oop, oop, you, you can hear her. Oh, right. So it yeah. must be. It must she's be a sound opera, of that, yeah. right? Yeah. In any case. Um, well, she looks like she's from the 20s, though. Yeah. It's kind of the thing she's parodying, right? Well, she's a flapper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, or whatever. But, she's uh, in Roger Rabbit. We watched that recently. <laughs> Did they redraw Jessica? Uh, no, never mind. That's uh, a, that's they a, that's changed, a like, her skirt line, I think. Did they? Okay. Well, that's, that's a different conversation. Like but yeah. in any case. That's a whole different conversation. But the point is, like, you know, you don't have to be the first, but you just got to be different. You got to do something different, right? And that's what he did. I mean, like, he nailed sound, like he said. I mean, other people had it, but he got it right. He did the yep. same thing with color. Like, he was the first to do a cartoon out of color. And then he experimented. And that's what he kept doing is he kept experimenting and losing all kinds of money. You know that his yeah. – the things that he is best known for, uh-huh. almost with the exce- with a few exceptions, did nothing but lose money. Like Fantasia, oh, um, yeah. Peter Pan. Dumbo wasn't uh, successful. Dumbo, so, yeah. uh, Pinocchio. You know, all I don't know. Things. I think Pinocchio was a success. No, th- no, Pinocchio was not a success. Really? That was huh. the, the first movie after um, Snow White. Yeah. 
he made his most money actually on live action stuff like Treasure Island mm. and, and uh, Flubber, not Flubber, but uh, Nutty Professor. Nutty Pro- no, no, Nutty Professor's the Eddie Murphy. Yeah. It's, um, is it fl- it's Flubber. The absent-minded professor. Absent-minded Flubber's professor. Flubber's the Robin Williams okay. version. So the absent-minded professor, yeah. like bed knobs and broomsticks and all that yeah. stuff. Like he made yeah. money off of that because they were cheap to make. Well, the big innovations um, are this one, right? This is like the first sound cartoon, yeah. right? Then there's the first feature-length animated cartoon with, uh, with Snow White. White. Uh-huh. Then there's, well, then there's the theme park. Well, you said Essentially, the three, like, invented the you idea see, of the You said Three park. Little Pigs, but Three Little Pigs, three little pigs was, a, big was, deal, was yeah. a story. Yeah. An actual, you know, A to Z story with empathy and things happening and stuff like that. It was still a short. Uh, you mentioned bed knobs and broomsticks. Yeah. One of the things they also invented was the combination of animation and live action. Right. That was yeah. uh, Ub Iwerks, the guy that, like, worked Ube with Iverks, him. Yeah. That uh-huh. guy invented that. He actually right. left the company, got so mad about Mickey Mouse yeah. that he yeah. left for, like, 20 years. Yep. Came back and invented that technique for Song of the South, which you can't watch anywhere. <laughs> I don't even remember it well enough to know if that's earned. I, not, I really, a, I know that really Joel, even, I know that yeah. Joel Chandler Harris like original books are uh-huh. super like minstrelly, and sure, I, yeah. I have no idea what Song of the South is like. I'd almost want to just see it so I could be like, well, was this as bad as what? People, I, I don't really remember. I remember yeah. being scared of the movie, uh-huh. and it's weird because they have all this like IP from it at Disney World. Like when you go not, on, not anymore. Yeah, the Splash Mountain's all <clears throat> not anymore. Not? They're remodeling it. Oh, okay. Princess and the Frog. That's the new Splash Mountain. Huh. Okay. Well, you could keep some of the characters. There'd still be some of the. There's a swamp. There's a part where there's, there's a bunch there's of swamp, swamp creatures. Stuff, but now so. it's all it's all Princess and the Frog now. It's. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, nobody would know what Song of the South is. Like, exactly. You know, Br'er right. Rabbit and stuff. Nobody would know what that yeah, is. Yeah, but so. it's like still tradition, just to, you know, Splash Mountain. I I'm less troubled by, by that than I am by the uh, they took the Norway pavilion and they changed it to um, frozen. <laughs> yeah, frozen. Which I, I was like, that, really? Yeah, that was pretty terrible. Yeah, that's but, pretty. Uh, oh no, no, the worst one was we went to uh, the Living Seas, you know, okay. at Epcot, uh-huh. where yeah. it used to just be kind of like Sea Lab. Oh, you know? they turned it into Nemo. And they turned it into yeah. Nemo. I was like, okay, this <laughs> it, sucks. It is terrible. This really sucks. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, like that's yeah. a really egregious no, change. It used to be really bad. neat. There was like a coral reef. I don't know, the Frozen one was pretty bad too, though. Yeah, but, I, uh, I, that wasn't there yet when I saw it, so I don't know how they did it, but. They anyway. always had trolls and stuff like that. Well, yeah, I mean, that's part of it. So, but, yeah. but now it's like... I almost think they were, like, inspired by that. Like, somebody of went course. on that ride and they were like, hey, we should well, do maybe. a movie. Because yeah. they had always well, talked about do. doing the Snow Queen. That's what they do, right? So they did They did Pirates of the Caribbean from the ride, Haunted Mansion from the ride. Well, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, I mean, right, um, right. Anyway. We saw Jungle Cruise. That was pretty good. Jungle Cruise from the ride. Yeah, it was pretty good, though. Anyway, so... So I think we? he he straight up kills that parrot. The parrot dies, <laughs> I think right? so, too. Hits it with a potato. Yeah. Did you know the, the parrot water. talks? Did it? What did it say? The only spoken language in the whole thing... And what did it say? ...is the parrot says, hope you don't feel hurt, big boy. Ha, ha, ha. And then he says, man overboard, when he kicks him out the window. Really? But you it's cannot, unintelligible. Yeah, you cannot... And I'm like, why bother having any spoken language if I can't... It just sounded like... Rah! Yeah, it was like, terrible. So, but yeah, apparently apparently he is saying yeah. words. It reminded me of... Um, you know, in Street Fighter, when you have the things that your character says with yeah. his moves, yeah. they would have like transcriptions of what they were saying <laughs> right. in the guide, and I'd be like, "That's not what he said." Like, <laughs> right. This is not, you know. So, so you take that parrot, and then you flash forward to Aladdin with Gilbert right. Godfrey's right. Iago. I'm so mad, I'm molting, or whatever he says. You know, yeah, he is, so. I thought that was good. I, I like, yeah. I like him in that part. Just not the Geico duck or whatever. He got fired from that, didn't he? Yeah, he said some he, kind he of. He said, a, a, I think he said a say something racist or no. I think he, he said <laughs> sort of. I think he said a joke about the, uh, like, Japan earthquake or something like that. That uh, I can't remember what it is. Yeah, that sounds pretty it was tasteless. Pre- it was pretty bad, though. Yeah, it was, like, right tasteless. after it happened, too. And then he's like, too soon? <laughs> Actually, in his set, he says that. Yeah. And then apparently soon. it was too soon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're you're canceled. <laughs> um, yeah, because there's a couple other times where the characters talk, right? Like, But they don't talk. They just go, like, go, yeah, And bah. I was thinking it sounds like uh, 2600 games. Like the first couple games when somebody would talk, it would just go, yeah. <laughs> like, I guess they're saying something. Well, do you remember when we did uh, uh, Wolfenstein? Wolfenstein, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like exactly. Really weird. Ah. Yeah, it's about that level of yeah. sophistication. Right. The, uh, uh, there was one thing that reminded me, like a real life story. The goat. How okay. it eats everything, right? Yeah. This is a cartoon trope. Yes. Goats eat everything. Right. Not having ever grown up around goats, I was just assumed it was one of those things like, elephants are afraid of mice. Like, it's just not a real thing. It's sure. like for, So I was out hiking one time at Great Falls. Okay. And I walked through the forest, and I find this little area. There's a bunch of black candles in a circle. And I was like, oh, huh. that's weird. So I keep walking a little bit farther, and this goat comes walking up to me. What? In the middle of the woods. 
He's got a little rope around his neck that he chewed through. Somebody had tied him up and left him at this black mass or whatever it was, like in the woods. And he comes walking up to me, and he's got his little, like, cut-off rope. And I was like, oh, these dumb people that didn't, like, remember that goats will eat through anything. Uh, So he just chewed through his rope and let himself out. So he was, like, following me. I couldn't get rid of this little billy goat. I'm, like, (laughs) hiking for, like, three miles. He's following me everywhere I go. That's pretty like, awesome, actually. It was pretty neat, right? Yeah. But then finally, I was like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with hanging out with this goat. So I was like, I'm going to get away from him. I'm going to climb up this cliff, and I, and so I go climbing up, and I'm like, I'm going to get, and I, and I get up to the top, and he's standing there looking <laughs> me in the eye. And I was like, now I'm the dumb guy that yeah, forgot yeah. goat abilities. Goats Apparently, can, goats are good climbers. Yeah, goats are really good climbers. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. I forgot that. But wow, that was a, that was like whatever surreal. happened to Billy Goat? I, he just stayed in the woods. I didn't take him home with me or anything. Why not? A goat? What Obviously, it was meant to be with you. I guess. I don't know. You was, found him? Yeah. It was, it was very weird. Black a, satanic mask that he, he escaped away from, from? At least he got away from the whatever. Although he could have been the devil. I mean, they could have, like, that goat could have been. That's Ooh. true. That's true. I, he yeah. would have knocked me off the cliff, I think. If that How many horns case. did he have? I don't remember. Uh, Standard compliment, like as far six. as I know. <laughs> I don't know. Like How many, do, how many do goats normally have? Again, not a goat specialist. I really don't know. So what was, we've left out something really crucial here. What's that? So Mickey Mouse, like I think a year earlier, didn't exist, or maybe two years earlier. No, it would, would, like have, would have been a year, a year earlier. Or two, yeah. it did not exist. Mm-hmm. What was the character that did exist? Oswaldo the Lucky Rabbit. Oswald. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Lucky Rabbit. Oh, Oswald. Yeah. Where'd I yeah. get Oswaldo? <laughs> well, we're in New Mexico. Mexican Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Oswaldo. Oswaldo. Yeah. yeah. No. This so was do, regular. Do you know that story? Uh, not happened? really. I know that um, he got. Ripped off, basically. Somebody, yeah. somebody bought out all of his artists. But what I didn't understand about that story was why did he not have, like, a trademark on he it? He just didn't. But you just do by operation of law. But he didn't. Something. He like, didn't. This is, like, 1927. This kid's, an, you know, just this bumpkin from, yeah. from Kansas City. And, uh, and the Well, guy, like, for instance, like, like I'm in a writing group. Yeah. Like before I put the book together, I was in a writing group. And everybody in the writing group, they were like, you got to be really careful to write all this copyright stuff at the bottom of the page. And I was like, no, you don't. You wrote something, it's yours. Right. You don't need to right. officially copyright. That's that's a scam. Right. You know? So I was like, if I draw Oswald the Lucky Rabbit and I sell it to somebody, people can't take that. It's autom- just by operation of the fact that I created it, it's mine. So I didn't right. understand how the guy could get away with it. I don't know. That, he just didn't have the money to sue him, maybe, or Or something. I think I think it had something to do with the distribution rights. Like, you know, he had the rights to the character. I mean, like somehow written into that, I think he fleeced him with a contract. Like he, mm. he it sounded to me like he poached his his drawer his illustrator. Well, he did. He he poached all of the all of the artists, but I think something to do with the way the contract was written. And mm-hmm. you know, Walt Disney again. He, I don't think he graduated high school. I mean, he 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 did not. Yeah, I mean, he was a smart guy and everything, yeah. but he didn't have the legal acumen. I think it said he. I think he dropped out after his first year. Right. So oh. so he had he didn't have the legal acumen to to really understand what kind of he was getting into. Yeah. So he went into this contract with this guy, and I think he was just so excited about getting the contract to begin with because he finally made it, right? He can, you know, he's, he's uh-huh. kind of a real animator. And um, this guy was like, I don't need you anymore. I've got your animators. I'll just hire them away from you. Maybe he was working out the for him, so man. he owned it. Maybe he, since he distributed it, maybe he owned it. Yeah, or that, something that, like that. that makes so, sense. Uh, so he lost his first character, which is Oswald the uh, Lucky Rabbit. Right. Um, but there's this whole scene in that book that I, that I mentioned. There's a scene where he goes back to New York, um, like 1926 or, or thereabouts. He's going to kind of have it out with this distributor because he's, he doesn't think he's getting enough money mm-hmm. from this distributor for the, the stuff that they're making. And he's in debt and everything else. So he goes to New York, and he's finding out that this guy's like, basically ripping him off towards the end of the trip. Like, he stays a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. And he, was, he went by train, so it took like two weeks to get there in the first place. Yeah. And uh, he finds out this guy's ripping him off. And, oh, by the way, I'm hiring all your cartoonists. Yeah. You're out on the curb. And this happens to him on this trip. Mm-hmm. So I think Walt Disney was probably like 25 years old, 24 years old, something like that. He's yeah, really, question. really know. young. Well, he was born in 1901, I think. Is that right? That's yeah, what I, I believe so. And so he's coming back. And Actually, he, we just missed his birthday, December yeah, 5th. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he's coming back from, from New York, back to L.A. His, his brother, Roy, his wife is there. You know, he's got his whole crew there, and he's totally humiliated, totally bankrupt, totally uh, broke, yeah. lost all of his intellectual property. He's got nothing. Mm-hmm. And by the time between New York and L.A., he comes up with, with Mickey Mouse. Yeah. 
on a napkin. He, he, yeah. Train, yeah, he gets there and he's like, this is what happened, but we got this character. He gets up by works. So Ub, who was a friend of his, actually from Kansas City, who was actually the guy who actually drew, drew everything for, for Walt Disney, which is kind of funny. He shared the story about why they broke up. Some kid asked him to draw. Yeah. Asked he, Walt he, Disney to draw Mickey Mouse. Hands it to Ub. Hands the napkin to Ub, <laughs> and he's like, here. Here, draw it, and I'll sign it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, so and Ub's he like, walked. yeah, I'm done. Something snapped. Um, but he gets back there. Ub's there, and, and Ub is still a friend of his, still a supporter. And he's like, we got to make a cartoon with this. Mm-hmm. So Ub Iwerks like locks himself into a room, mm-hmm. draws the entire, I think it might have been that, that airplane one. Yeah, plane crazy. He draws it all himself within like a week. He yeah. works like 15-hour, 16-hour days, draws everything himself, and they release that kind of as their, as their test for Mickey Mouse. It was, it's an amazing story. It really is that you know, he, he went from not only did he have nothing, I mean, he was crushed emotionally, you know, humiliated, everything. When it, Before he went to New York, he'd bought this car, this mm-hmm. really nice uh, convertible. To car collectors, I've heard the name before. I can't remember what it is, like a cord or something like that. It's like a, like one of those, you, you know, you can't find them anymore, and they're worth like a billion dollars or something like that. But he bought this convertible, okay. beautiful car, got back, immediately had to sell it because he didn't have any money. Right. You know, so I had to sell everything and start over again. And it's just such a great story, like, a perseverance. Yeah, definitely. You know, and uh, and then no gumption traps there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, no gumption traps. So he comes back and they put it together. So if you went into a shed to draw a Mickey Mouse cartoon, yeah. seven minute Mickey Mouse cartoon, how many frames do you think you'd have to draw? Oh, that's a good good Just uh, off the question. Top of your okay, head. well, it can't be off the top of my head. You know me. Oh, I see. So, uh, precise. How many frames per second would it take? Let's estimate twenty frames per second. Well, twenty frames per second then, so one hundred twenty. Uh, times seven, so seven. So you're looking at about like 960, something like that. 1200. 1200. 1200 times seven. It's 8,400 frames. Wow. For for a seven minute cartoon. That's what I came up with. I did 60 times 20 times seven. Okay. That gives me 8,400 frames. Gives me 8,400. Yeah. Individual, and that's individual drawings. Individual drawings. And so the way that so you only do the bit that moves. You leave the right. background, so you're right. just doing Mickey if he's yeah. the only thing on screen moving. But still, I mean, it's you, a lot of work. You, you do know? have to do the background, though. As the background changes, you got you got to do those. Yeah, right? you would eventually have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They said and, that there was a guy. There was a guy spent a year drawing a sequence for Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, where the dwarves are eating at a table. Yeah, like a funny sequence at a table. I don't know, a couple minutes. Guy spent a year drawing that, and then they dropped it from the final film. Oh, God. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Well, those are all hand-painted, too. Oh, yeah. That yeah. one. They were still doing that. When I was a kid, I went to MGM Studios when they first opened that up, uh-huh. and they were putting together The Little Mermaid, and they were able to really? put out they put out cells from the movie they were working on. So mm-hmm. I saw, like, the character Flounder, like, the first place where they drew yeah. him, and it was like you, there was a cell that they colored in, like, yeah. on, and it was a real thing done by hand still, even, even as late as that. Yeah. So... Pretty well, the technology is crazy. So essentially what it would take, just for those listeners who might not know, um, to make a cartoon back then, you would actually uh, take a, a piece of uh, clear plastic cellophane mm-hmm. and you would uh, kind of pencil out, sketch it, and then paint it, ink it or paint it, and that would be your figure. And let's say he wanted to move his arm. Well, then... You have to do a different picture of his arm going up a little bit and then another picture of his arm going up a little bit more and blah, blah, blah. And then you would actually uh, photograph each of these individual um, pictures with a camera, with a, with a film camera. Uh, I'm sorry, with a motion picture camera. But it would be one frame at a time. So one frame, click, and then you would you know, change the cell to where the, his arm is raised a little bit more. Then the next frame, right. click. And on and on, and that would give you your your uh, your yeah. motion picture. It's, it's it's a lot of work. God, it's a lot of work, it's right? A lot of work. And uh, and then I think when we were kids, they started just like getting people in Korea to do it. Like they'd go someplace. Yeah. Where they could well, pay nowadays, yeah. An well, animation animation typically is done in like Korea. It's done in in Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. um, some countries. Yeah. Um, yeah, all over the world, and come <laughs> and then it comes back here. But it's all done computer animation. My my daughter. Um, you know, made it yeah. for YouTube, you know, made some, some animated with a... Did you ever try to do stop motion when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. We did we it. Did. We had a, 
My dad used to get like a camcorder. Are you kidding out after watching the California Raisins? You know? <laughs> yes, that's very inspiring. <laughs> For yeah. the 80s? Come on. Yeah, that's probably the source dun, of almost dun, all dun, creative dun, inspiration. Dun, 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 there you God. go. Yeah, we did one. Uh, we had a camcorder. And we wanted to do like a like a video like a stop motion video with our toys, my yeah. friend my friend and I. And so, we realized that every time you turned the camcorder on and off, it would rewind six seconds. So <laughs> oh, we no. had to record seven seconds, then stop, then re then start it back up again, move the things, then start it. So we would do it in these like seven second oh, increments no. and like go back six. And yeah. so we'd spend eight hours God, recording terrible. two minutes of you know. Little toy Indians going across the floor, <laughs> right, it was right. we're doing so, but it was a lot of fun. But can you imagine now? I mean, like with with things that like my dad recorded over Adobe Premiere, Photoshop, your cell phone. You know, there's so much you can do. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. and it makes it makes it. You know, it kind of makes it look like a joke. I mean, if you look at like something like, I mean, if you were to to give some kid who's had no context for it, mm -hmm. you know, totally growing up in in this era, a digital native as it, they would call him, show him Steamboat Willie, they'd be right. like, "This is trash." Oh yeah, you know. Technically, I, I speaking, follow yeah. I follow like a thousand YouTubers yeah. that that could do this in five minutes, right. you know, right. or whatever. And uh, yeah, that's going to have to be a big part of the discussion about whether this is a classic. It's we're going to have to take it with a well, historical. Yeah, grain I mean, of you salt, have to give it you know. context or context, context. You can give it context as well. Maybe. <laughs> Contextual. Context. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird thing. It's kind of odd to bring up. There's a lot of utter jokes. Yeah, in the old uh, yeah, those definitely. old cartoons. And this is that one, Clarabelle Cow? I wonder. But she's like anthropomorphic normally, right? She can talk and stuff like that. Eventually. But do you know Horace Horse Collar and Clarabelle Cow actually predate Mickey Mouse? Do they really? Those characters were in stuff like before them, like around the well, Oswald days. That kind of makes sense. I mean, but if you name them afterwards, you just have them there. They're just a horse with a collar and then right. a cow. Right. right. I had a I had a book when I was a little tiny kid that had like the the Disney characters and they were in there. Yeah. And so I always thought of them as being part of the pantheon of basic <laughs> Disney characters. I don't know if they really. Well, they are. do become afterwards, but like yeah. playing. Did you watch Plane Crazy? By no. The way? Is okay. that available? Yeah, yeah. I, can, I think you can find on, on. You should be able to find it on YouTube or Disney Plus or something like that. But yeah. it's, uh, you know, a lot of the same jokes. So, so there's, there's a, lot, a lot of like there's. Uh, you know, the utter jokes, getting sprayed with milk. So yeah. that's common, huh? It oh, is. Well, for them, I mean, it was. So like, that's a really good question. You mentioned that you can go watch cra uh, Playing Crazy on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So, so. You did you read about the whole thing where every time this Steamboat Willie comes up to be, to be in the public domain, they change the law? Uh, do they? It's been going on since the 50s. Wow. Every time the law becomes that, that Steamboat Willie would pass into the public domain and thus Mickey Mouse, yeah. they changed, Congress changes the law extending the time I period. I did not see because that. Because it's, it's like from the death of the creator or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. So they kept, or maybe that's not even true. Maybe it's just 50 years. But is it, isn't... What, but they, what did it, they did it in the 50s and they did it again in the 70s, not even if it's the owned, 90s, owned 2004. By, not even if it's owned by like a... The foundation, corporation. Like I can't, or? I can't go and buy War of the Worlds. Yeah. Right. And then just own that forever. It's too far back. It's in the public domain. Anybody can adapt that material without needing to purchase right. it. So that should have happened with Steamboat Willie, long, long time ago. Yeah. And they keep extending the law so that so that because Disney has a very powerful lobby. Yeah, of course. Specifically, yeah. is trying to hold on. No, to that's the IP. a good point so, because I mean, like actually now I think Netflix has come out with other like Cinderella stories. Yeah, like right? Cinderella is not is not owned but the, by Disney. But the thing is, yeah, it's like Grimm Brothers or something, right? Or, or I think that's Grimm. Or, yeah. uh, it's either no, it's it's Grimm. Is it Grimm? Cinderella's yeah. Grimm, I think. So so yeah, so it's it was uh, what was the other one? Grimm and or uh, uh, Hans Christian Anderson, Hans, Anderson Little yeah, Little Mermaid, yeah. for instance. Yeah, yeah. Like Hans Christian Anderson's family does not own the Little okay, Mermaid. Okay, so like Little, little Mermaid, can make anybody that, can right? make it. Yeah, you know, retell it. How Don want. Quixote, anybody can make. But that. Steamboat Willie. Steamboat should. Willie should be in the yeah, public domain. Right. It's so far back. Right. There were people that fought in the Civil War that took their grandchildren to watch this. Isn't in that movie crazy? Theater. That's yeah. how long ago this is, and yeah. it's still owned by Disney. Wow. That's not right. That's not the law. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a miscarriage of justice. Right. <laughs> it's a, in favor of a large corporation. Although, would you would you want anybody else to own? What do Mickey I care? Mouse? Yeah, you don't what care. What do I care? Right? I if somebody care. else can interpret Mickey Mouse. It doesn't yeah, I don't hurt care. anything. You know, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. And actually, there's actually a place. There's actually a dentist down in El Paso uh -huh. that's got a big painting outside of his dentist and Mickey Mouse is there. And you can see it from the highway. He just drew a Mickey, a thing that looks like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. It's not Mickey Mouse. And I'm like, that's almost prominent enough to get sued. Like I've seen other people use yeah. Mickey Mouse and stuff, but that's literally so prominent because it's on the highway. I'm like, right. maybe you could almost get yourself sued for having that. 
And in, in which case, you'd have like a test case because clearly Mickey Mouse should be in the public domain. That's really cool. I'm going to go check that out after. Yeah, it's a really interesting story. It's it's pretty much. I think they just called the Walt Disney rule, where they just keep extending it every time Disney would lose their their IP. They extend it. They they tried to sue a girl who wrote for I think it's University of Michigan Law Journal. I can't remember which one, but but Disney got together the the lawsuit against this student, a law student, writing that opinion in the law journal at Michigan at Michigan. Wow. And then dropped the case, but thankfully because that would have been I mean, I cannot imagine terrible PR nightmare. Just a worse case. You know, like you can't even write about whether they should have their IP. You're in trouble for just suggesting that their case isn't you know, that's ridiculous. Way abuse of authority. But I, I saw um obviously we all know that Mickey's name used to be Mortimer. Yes. That's pretty common. But did you know his wife changed the name? Supposedly, you know, yeah. all of that's myth. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's all myth. That story is apparently know. up for up for grabs. Yeah. Um, one of the big things I noticed in this is not only does Mickey pull tails of cats and like and like beat up on pigs and punt right. piglets, he also just looks mean. You know, like the way yeah. he's drawn, he looks kind of sinister, almost like not as he's not Mickey. You know, well, like you go see it. Well, World he does have soft like, edges, yeah, a little uh, bit. And that that book that he's got kind of a scowl to him. Well, that book bit, that like, I referenced. Um, talks about that like in the 50s and 60s uh-huh. he start he starts kind of like losing his right. rough edges right. like he was supposed to be this plucky thing that that could could uh, overcome the odds type of thing yeah. and and so not only did like did his looks change but also the adventures that he went on yeah right yeah because he was always down and out it was the tramp was the was the character that he was supposed to portray the charlie chaplin, charlie chaplin yeah Exactly. So uh, the tramp is a hobo. He's doesn't have any money. Blah blah blah. But he's got his smarts and wits about him. In the fifties and sixties, though, his his adventures start becoming different. Right. You know, he starts going on these vacations around the world and like you know oh, going yeah. to space and blah 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 all sorts of stuff. It's well, not he the, just it's softens the, a lot. Well, it's not the common man stuff. Like this. Right. This is like right. some push around guy, right? Knock around guy. Yeah. That that's, yeah, that's you know true. it's got a boss. It's something that you can identify with. There's some yeah, jerk. Is Charlie Chaplin peeled potatoes and something too. Probably. They do that in like one of the like the, the, the But you've got you've got this you you've got this kind of rush. you've got this boss who's a jerk, you know, and, and bosses you around, kicks right. you around, all that other stuff, right. and oh, okay, so you're kind of this down and out blue collar worker. And that appeals to the masses of people who are like that. And I guess it kind of makes sense in the fifties. I think the it, country became more affluent. I think the people 50s, started thinking yeah. of themselves. Yeah, as in the fifties, right? People stopped yeah. identifying with We're, the Charlie Chaplin character, and they started. Well, we don't live on farms anymore, right? In the fifties, most people don't. Right, <laughs> right? Exactly. So. Yeah. He became so popular and so beloved that they wanted to soften the character, and mm-hmm. so they brought in Donald to be right. the guy that Mickey yeah, used the, to be. Because Donald yeah. is still pretty edgy yeah. even today, right. you know. Oh, he was really edgy back then. Well, yeah, yeah. He, was, he used to like you know. There, there was one I read about. I've never seen this, but apparently there's a Donald Duck cartoon that he's living in Nazi Germany and just, like, has this miserable life and then wakes up and it was all a dream. But I it's just to show, you know, the American dream and how well, There's one called uh, The Fuhrer's Face. Der Fuhrer's Face is what yeah. it's called. That's a song, isn't it? Yes. The one like we hail right yeah, in the yeah, it, that's, yeah. Is yeah. that Disney? It, yeah. Raspberry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's not Disney, is it? Well, that's that they made a cartoon out oh, of that. Oh, okay. And well, there's the Bugs Bunny one where he's dropping grenades into yeah. Japanese baby carriages. I've <laughs> right. seen that. There's one, that so. one too. Yeah. But he pretty, actually pretty won dark a, stuff. He won an Academy Award for Der Fuhrer's face. Uh, Disney did. Disney did. Oh wow, yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Okay, uh, I've heard is, of that, but which is interesting. But it's kind of like uh, 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 the Dictator. Is that Charlie Cha- uh, Chaplin? Either the Great Dictator or the Dictator. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, which. It's kind of yeah, like that. Send I mean, up of Hitler. It's, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the Chaplin was mad because Hitler ruined that mustache that Chaplin had. I know, right? <laughs> Michael Jordan can't even get away with it. <laughs> right. So, yeah. you know who was like that, though, with, like, the soft and soft edges is uh, Bart Simpson, I was thinking. Mm, that's Bart a good Simpson point. Bart Simpson came yeah. out. Oh. He was, like, this really bad kid. Yeah. Like a real and, – and over the course of time, yeah. they'd always soften him well, up, like, a little Homer bit. Homer, too. Homer was Same thing. Terrible. Homer was, like, Dar- beating his Dar- children like and getting drunk. drunk yeah. And like, yeah, they were, yeah. They were dark. They were dark yeah. characters, and they totally softened over yeah, the years. absolutely. Because you're – some of it is you just want to sell more T-shirts. So you don't want, like, right. a derelict drunk on T-shirts. But also it's because the stories explore right. the the character a little bit more. Yeah. And it just, just soften them. It's just what happens over right. time. Well, and they make, it like, they make it like a family-friendly type of thing, right? Right. So It's the opposite of Batman. Like Batman – well, actually, Batman started out dark. He started out dark. But the dark. Batman I knew was the Adam West uh, Batman. Yeah. And then they sort of darkened, darkened it, it over time. Well, the, the original Batman, the dark stuff, but that was for the time. I mean, there, you know, 1933, yeah. some guy blowing bad guys away, okay, no big deal. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. then we became soft kind of as a society because we became more reformed and a little so bit you're, more, more. You're a, you're a Rorschach man. You'd be out there just killing them. Just, just no, I didn't say that. Drawing I, and quartering. I, I could say I can understand. Yeah. Well, contextually, yeah, I, I mean, for the time, understand. right? I remember, uh, well, I remember my grandparents were hunters and like really into guns and both grew up on farms and stuff like that. So guns had a context. I mean, guns were in the context of hunting and stuff. Sure. They weren't like gun nuts or whatever. My grandma was from a, a farm in, in rural Oklahoma, like deep yeah. in the, you know, Oklahoma nowhere. And then my grandpa in Roswell, out, well outside of Roswell, he, he grew up on an apple farm. But they, they were members of the NRA, mm-hmm. which was a, you know, I mean, it wasn't considered a, a kind of a radical thing, right. you know, in the 1950s and 60s. I, they would get like their magazine, their NRA magazine. It was called oh, the American. I you Ra- meant like a magazine. <laughs> well, yeah, one of those too. But they get the magazine. I think it was called uh, the American Rifleman. I would go when I go visit them. You know, this is back in the early '80s and stuff. And they had them back from like the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And so I would be bored off my rocker because we yeah. had, we could only watch television at certain hours of the day and blah blah blah. Because of their rules or because? Yeah, because they're old, oh, you know. And yeah. and we'd spend I'd spend all summer long with them. So I'd find like a random 1964 yeah. copy of of whatever, and I'd open it up, and there would be advertisements in there about the new like pen gun. Looks just like a ballpoint pen, but it's a gun, <laughs> or 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 the walking stick gun. Nobody will know that it's actually a shotgun. Oh, when I <laughs> was a kid, is a walking stick. When I was a kid, you know? uh, there was a tour at the FBI museum that we went to go uh-huh. see, and they would fire off these historical firearms that uh-huh. they confiscated from various people. One of them was an umbrella gun that some some guy right. in, some guy in the uh, but they Al Capone would they would sell days. these yeah. things yeah. like in the back yeah. of the stupid magazine. So what I'm saying is like. It was a different time. I yes. mean, like, you know, yeah. a criminal comes up to you. Well, I'll give you to since you <laughs> a little whippersnapper type of thing. Yeah. You know, it's it it was, you know, it was just a different time. So Batman pulling out a couple of pistols, which is what he did. He carried two forty fives yeah. and yeah, back blowing day, away yeah. the bad guys. You know, it's not a big deal. Well, it is a little weird that he chooses to use the weapons that he does. Like a batarang. Like a batarang. Well, rather than a gun, he's got a batarang. That was later, right? Yeah, no. Later, when you're like, why do they not have guns in Gotham City? Why are you using all these weird technology? He was was tormented. True. true. He is bulletproof. (laughs) Right. He's prepared for other people to. But Mickey Mouse is as uh, as a symbol, as an icon, you know. um, So the song, the song he whistles. Yeah. You know, they show it like at the beginning of other Disney stuff nowadays. That's not. Disney didn't write that. That's at vaudeville. Yeah, but it became Steamboat Bill. It was called. I think it became emblematic of. of It did, but I'm saying they took something from somebody else's IP that has expired because it was in 1910 and incorporated into their thing that can't be. You know. Yeah, you know, the last time I was at Disney World, I was just I went into some you know one of the stupid random mini gift shops. Uh It's amazing how many gift shops they they can fit in that place. I remember there being a little Steamboat Willie. I would actually like to see how many gift shops. What's the ratio of gift shops to actual rides? Oh, either of these places. It's high. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know, high. in any case, I was looking around this gift shop and I'm like, is there anything you can't put a character or a logo on? Uh-huh. I mean, everything, yeah. cutting boards, you know, oven mitts, sure. you know, chess sets, everything. Do you know where that got really that. started with Disney? There was a guy running a theater in LA. Yeah, yeah, I read this. Decided yeah. to put together a Mickey Mouse club Mickey Mouse and just club. play cartoons all day for the kids. And then they'd have all these different things. He started selling merchandise, and Disney instead of suing the guy, co-opted it, and Said, brought it on board. That's a good idea. That's Come where in, yeah. that's where that yep. came from. Was this one that's guy right. at the Mickey yeah. Mouse Club, which we still my kids still watch the Mickey Mouse. Uh, it's called something. It's called the Mickey Mouse Fun House. Oh, well, it's God. essentially Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> yeah, well, excuse me, ladies do? and gentlemen. Yeah. I have to. You know who wrote the theme song for that show? Wait, oh no, no don't, don't tell me, don't tell me, because I, I knew this. It okay. was, it's like a, it's like a rock band. It's a, it's a, well, um, sort of. Oh God! Nerd, nerd band. Yeah, but it is a nerd band. Who? Okay, who are they? They might be giants. They might be giants. Wrote the yeah, theme song. That like, and I'm like, oh, that's why it gets stuck in my head. All oh, hot dog, yeah, hot dog, hot dog, hot dog, hot dog, 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 dog dig. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you can tell yeah. we have kids. Sorry, so we got these ear, earworms that nobody else would have. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting where Mickey Mouse Club came from. You know how much the movie, how, how much this cost? Well, how much it cost to Steamboat make Willie? How much did it cost to make it? Gosh, I don't think I read that that figure. How much was it? Five thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. A lot of money in nineteen twenty-eight. Pretty pretty decent investment, you know. What is the uh, what is the pretty decent investment? I don't know for nineteen twenty-eight dollars. Let's see. 
$500,000 maybe? Seven minutes. And actually, for this one, you probably have a pretty big staff because you had to pay the orchestra. You had to pay the band. So That's in, true. That's true. I don't know if they would have been like full-time, but you would have had to pay them anyway, yeah. Well, at least for the session, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So embargo a little bit and let me figure this out. You ever hear, um, you know, like Muzak playing somewhere? And every once in a while you hear like in the song, the guy goes through like a, like a big flourish. Really jams on like the Muzak version of Smells Like Teen Spirit or something. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, there's some guy that went to Juilliard. <laughs> right. And this right. is what he does. This right. is what he gets paid for. He's just like <laughs> jamming out on the saxophone <laughs> playing Muzak. Like, yeah. so no, he's like, he's like, you know what? Or you're paying elbow. me. You're yeah. you're getting Juilliard. I'm I'm gonna jam right. right now. Like, I'm I'm going I'm going crazy here. So we're looking at eighty one thousand dollars for the seven minutes. Okay, that seems pretty reasonable because he was. I don't know where he does got it? the money for that. I think he borrowed everything that he had. He would have had to. Well, he sold his car, like I said. I mean, he, he just borrowed everything. Yeah, but selling a car that might have gotten $400 in those days? No, that was an expensive car. Yeah. Well, it was a couple grand. Yeah. It, was, it was a couple grand for that, for that particular car. I know Kevin um, Smith sold his comic book collection in order to fund uh, clerks. Yeah. So there's still people that do that kind of thing. One of my best friends, surgeon, he uh, actually bought into his practice. There you go, by selling his comics. Yep. But uh, yeah, so eighty-one thousand dollars for a seven-minute. Uh, well, that's all the money you got. It was worth it. Right. It it, it made it made its money. That's back, exactly that's sure. right, though. I mean, that's that's the uh, the the risk that you take, right, as a entrepreneur or whatever. Yeah. You call it. But they were they were like chronically and constantly in debt. If you look at the whole story mm-hmm. of the Walt Disney Corporation, okay, so he made a lot of money. This put him on the map. Right. Yeah. He got a contract back up a little bit. So he now had no distributor because Oswald, the lucky rabbit or whatever, uh, was stolen from him. So he, he came back to L.A. He said, OK, I'm, I'm going to make. And so what he made were he made cartoons that ran at the, before a movie ran. Right. Okay? So he would have to sell them to movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And typically he would find a distributor that would distribute them to the movie theaters to go before the movies. Right. Now his distributor was gone. He made these three movies, uh, the two, the the plane, whatever, plane, plane crazy, plane crazy, and then what was the other one? I can't remember. A galloping gaucho. Galloping gaucho. So he made those two. Nobody would buy him. Right. So he he had no customers. Yeah. He was broke. He's like, let's do another one, and oh by the way, let's hire an orchestra, let's hire right. a band, right. let's sync this up. We're gonna and, and we're gonna pay to to make this thing. The, the sound thing. Don't I, I guess the work. reason why that seems so interesting to me is because it's like, clearly, there was nothing special about Mickey Mouse. Right. Mickey Mouse was a failure. It was just going to be another character. It was this this union right. of the sound and the animation and a decent character. Right. It was all those things coming together in one place that made this a exactly. Big hit, you know, but, like, but but it's also it's also like you know having the stones to take that chance. This is in 1928. There are places in New Guinea at that time that had not been contacted by modern civilization. <laughs> right. Like, this is so long ago. Right. It's it's hard to wrap your head around right. how long ago this is. I mean, well before the Second World War. No, I know. I mean, there's yeah, no absolutely. nuclear weapons in no. the world at the time. You know, you can't watch TV. Like, you, can, you know, I mean, it's just like such a different time. Right. But it seems like a fairly modern piece it, of it, art. It seems like You it. could show this to a kid. They're like, oh, that's a cartoon. Right. It's a lame cartoon, but it's a cartoon. You know, they'd recognize well, what it's it a is, cartoon you know? they could make right now. Yeah. You know? Mostly. The drawing's pretty good for a kid, but I mean, yeah. They could think that the music it wouldn't be a problem. No. No, that would, no, that would definitely. But the point is, like, like, to have the faith to say, okay, these two failed. Right. Let's make another one, and, and let's double down on how much money we have to give to it. Right. And this time it's going to work. And that time it worked. I mean, it came out. I think I think he paid for it or maybe it went free or whatever into like one theater. And then all of a sudden people were like, yeah, oh, my God, you got to see this thing. And then everybody bought it. Uh, apparently it was a big hit on its first yeah, release. Yeah. And it was a big hit for the test audiences, too. And so he signed he signed with the, the, the music company, uh-huh. Powers or something like that, uh-huh. um, that, that, that made the technology to, to sync the music and stuff. Signed with them as distributors. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was huge, and it made him enough money to keep going. You know, right. to, to to well, it made him a global name too. Yeah. I mean, that's probably worth more than any money you're going to make. Right. Well, actually, the thing that made him a really global name was Snow White. So he so he did this. Yeah. Kept doing, yeah. and then he went to uh, not Merry Melodies. Was it? Mary? Snow. I always think about that. Snow White. Like, there's a couple of films at the end of the '30s: Snow White, Gone with the Wind, King Kong. Yeah. That you could still show to a kid today, and they work. Yeah. And it's just like. 
1930 something right. and this works yeah. before World War II. Can you imagine? That they're so yeah. far ahead of whatever else is being done. Right. It's just, it's phenomenal. Those those couple of things. Those few, There's a yeah. lot of stuff that you can't really get into from that time period if you go back. But like those, those hold up. Gone with the Wind is obviously hugely problematic. So is King Kong in a lot of ways. But they still work as right. like as movies at today. You can still, yeah. it's the color is a big part of it for Gone with the Wind. But like King Kong's in black and white. And like, it has, just, well, it's just stop a story. motion. It's, it's just pretty story. cool. It's it, just it, a, it kind of works, you it, know, but the just, story's pretty, yeah. It's so. just how extravagant it is and stuff like that. But I so mean. So I was thinking, um. We came up with sort of a principle we talked about before that, like, none of this stuff is one person. Yeah. This, or this right. is a general principle that might be sure. not true about some things. But, like, it's not just Disney. It's it's him and Ubi Works is a huge mm. part of the success of this Roy, thing. Roy Disney. Roy Disney is a big mm. part yeah, of it. It's like brother. we talked about with Scooby-Doo yeah. and all the different people. Yeah. We talked about this with Sgt. Pepper being, a, like, a whole bunch of Collaboration, people. yeah. So I was thinking, is there another principle we could come up with, and would it hold up for general application that – all this, all these guys that hit it big have always failed before. Yeah, and they failed multiple times before they, and they keep going back and doing the thing. Do you think right. that holds as a general principle? Well, or is there somebody that just re- strikes gold re- the first time? And let, let me let me talk to the collaboration thing. The Beatles, I think the the Beatles is different because you have a, you have a collaboration that starts and ends as a collaboration. But Walt Disney, he's like Steve Jobs. You know, he he's, yeah yeah he's he like, certainly he, had the vision. He's like that. Yeah. So so. He he was willing. Now his brother Roy. So if you if you ever do any research on this, Roy Disney was very cautious. He was a guy that that ran the numbers and yeah. everything else, and he was like, yeah. "We can't do that. We can't afford it." But Walt Disney is like, "We've got to do it. We yeah. have we have to do sound. We have to do color. We have to do whatever right. it is." They made. He decided that that what they needed was a feature film, mm-hmm. and so they they got Snow White. It was supposed to take like four years. I think it took like six years, something like that. Cost one and a half million dollars. So if five thousand back then equals eighty thousand now, imagine what one and a half million back then yeah. equals now. It's just unheard of. Yeah. But they grossed eight million dollars in that movie. Yeah. Eight million on a one and a half million. And that was all them. They didn't borrow money from anybody. It was right. just all, you know, kicking you know, just sleeping in the office at night, cutting corners, everything they yeah. could do. Yeah. So that was all their money. And it was all his drive because he's like, no, we got to do it better. We, we got to do it. There's a story about, about Steve Jobs, about some, you know, somebody came in with a prototype for the, for the iPhone. Uh-huh. And he's like, can you make it smaller? And they're like, that's as small as we can possibly make it. And so he took the prototype for the iPhone and he throws it into the, the fish tank behind him. All these bubbles start coming out of it. Yeah. And he's like, there's air in there. You could make it smaller. <laughs> you know, he was like that. Like he just wouldn't compromise. He was just like, no. You gotta make it this way, and that's kind of how Walt Disney's. Yeah. I don't know if he was as abusive <laughs> as Steve Jobs supposedly was as as a person. No, I didn't really see a lot of evidence of that reading his life story. I mean, it is collaborative. Like he couldn't have done what he did without the team. Well, I don't know. I mean, he could have formed the team. He could have kept doing it, but it was his vision, his drive. I think Walt Disney's like a man unto himself. Like he did this thing. Yeah, you know. Uh, the Steamboat Willie, though, I mean, the, predict- the particular thing. The Disney company, yeah. the visionary status of Disney. Mm-hmm. Disney's the commonality of well, everything. Well, without, honestly, without Ub Iwerks, he couldn't have done it. Right. I mean, that's that, that's, I mean. that's yeah. definitely yeah. true. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, what do you think? We're, we're, uh, what's your biggest surprise? Do you have a biggest surprise? Oh, boy, my biggest surprise. My biggest surprise um, was that Mickey Mouse predated this. I didn't realize that. Mickey Mouse comes from before Steamboat Willie. Otherwise, uh, and also Peg Leg Pete. I thought it was Peg Leg Pete looking the way that he always has looked to me. I was surprised to see how different he looked. He looked a lot like Felix the Cat. Kind of like almost like you could get in trouble for how much he looks like Felix the Cat. But, <laughs> right. um, Nowadays he would. You know, so yeah, there's pretty pretty simple su- simple surprises there. But that's that's what I got, I think. So. Yeah, mine were pretty simple also. Um, for some reason, I always thought he talked. Mm-hmm. You know, the, huh. Hey guys! Yeah, you know, I remember I, I the whistling, that, but I yeah, yeah I would have guessed was, that he talked. I always thought, but I, I, obviously that comes later. And by the way, Walt Disney actually is the voice for for Mickey Mouse okay. up until like 1945 or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I always thought he talked. So my surprise was that he didn't. Um, I knew a lot about the story already from that that uh, biography that I, that I read. Yeah, that was that was it for me. So ball is in your court. What do you think? Oh, I, I mean, it functions as a cartoon. You could show it to a kid today. Okay. I think they'd still they'd be like, oh, that kept me busy for a couple of minutes, you know. But it's the, the musical <laughs> bit goes a long time, and they don't talk, which would be weird. Right. But um, 
in terms of anything else from that time, yeah. if you were to show a kid something else from the 20s, forget it. Yeah. This would be the only thing you could show a kid from the 20s that they would, their attention would be right. on for a few minutes. Maybe True. Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Maybe. But uh, just generally speaking, just where it led to and, all, and what it is and how it started the Disney company of all things, that's a big deal. I mean, you got to toast it for that. It's only yeah. seven minutes. Yeah. What are you going to do? All right. Cool. So, well, I'm in. Well, thank you. And there you go. There's your answer. Um, we can officially tell Disney that uh, Steamboat Willie survives. Yeah, we should send them a, like a certificate. Or we something. should also send them a thing that it's in public domain. We can we can like play the whole cartoon on here, as far <laughs> we, as I'm we concerned. Could. I think we we should actually Disney we should actually start after. sending like like uh, certificates. Said so, by the way, you're officially a classic. <laughs> yeah, according to us, I could like tweet that to some of these people. That'd be great. Some of these people actually yeah, just, you just, just so you add know them just add them yeah. with a certificate. Just so you know. We we, we that, decided you were a classic. That would be some chutzpah. I'd, or or you're not a classic. Yeah. Sorry. To yeah, I should me. at Mickey Mouse or yeah. at Disney World <laughs> tell him uh, Steamboat there Willie, certified classic by the Toast Name Classics. Right. Well, thank you very much for uh, joining us yet again on yep. another uh, episode of Toast and Classics. And uh, I don't know what we're doing next, but we'll figure it out. And uh, uh, Next is going to be a book, oh, okay. Old Man on the Sea by Ernest Oh, Hemingway. that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Not the longest book in the world. So. No. I decided to uh, step it back a little bit. I appreciate that. Thank you for not being like me. Yeah. And uh, for once again, uh, I am Clint Lanier. Dave MacArthur. Peace out. That's it for episode 37 of Toasting the Classics. For those playing along at home, get some champagne and Pernod. Maybe you have a bit left over from the Hitchhikers episode. I know I certainly do. To make a death in the afternoon cocktail. It's a personal invention from Ernest Hemingway, and we'll be talking about the old man in the sea. If you'd like to get in touch, Please send us an email at toastingtheclassics at gmail.com. Send us show ideas, comments, complaints, and let us know how to pronounce ub iWorks. Check out my blog at theattractivenuisance.com and follow us on Twitter at atractivenuisance. Our music was written by Michelle MacArthur. See you next time on Toasting the Classics.